Welcome, everyone, to episode 310 of After the Credits. I am one of your co-hosts, Maureen Antunes, joined today by fellow co-hosts. Steve Stebbing. Bill Harris. What time we'll get that? <laughs> we're, we're, we're waiting. We're, we're waiting. I, I was like, I was like, all right, let's, I don't want to step on Bill's name, and he doesn't oh. want to step on my name. <laughs> we're Melissa Melissa today. That sounds awkward, but it's true. Melissa isn't joining us today, but she did leave a review for the movie that we are going to talk about. So we'll get to that in a minute. Before we start talking about movies, do you guys have anything you want to comment on before we start? I know we never start this way, but I'm kind of feeling. Well, welcome back, Steve. Yay! I'm. It's, it's very. It's it's been eventful, um, but yeah, I, I'm bummed that I had to take Spooky Month month off. Like and like not like like basically all I did was my radio spot as well. Like I wouldn't even do the the horror podcast, which is like Spooky Month like related. And moving just robbed me of Halloween this year. So Halloween 2023 is a non-starter in this household. <laughs> uh, you'll have to make it up. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm I'm dedicating um, December. There's nothing that crazy happens in December, right? So I can just appropriate that to be spooky month, right? No, it's fine. You know, it's fine. Only when all like the most prestige films of the year come out, that's fine. We'll just watch some spooky <laughs> films instead. Yeah, exactly. Priorities. Here I come. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Uh, Bill, anything to no i'm 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 rocking and rolling uh we recorded the last episode and i didn't watch movies for like a week and a half it was really awesome kind of actually felt kind of good weirdly i never do that so uh and then i watched like 20 movies in four days it was I like know. oh shit behind <laughs> yeah same thing because i've been so busy i didn't really watch anything for like the week after VIF. And then I had a period of a week where I think I watched like nine movies, which is unheard of for me. And then for the first time since the summer, I picked up a book yesterday. Nice. I'm like, hey, I've done everything. I can read again. I haven't really done everything, but it feels like I've done everything. I, so. I went I went outside. I, I touched grass. It was weird. Damn. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Won't do that again. <laughs> no, it was like my, my hands are moist. I don't like this. Going back inside. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we do have a movie of the week i guess i don't know whatever we have a movie a key review this this week and that key review is david fincher's the killer on netflix on yeah netflix. a netflix movie um surprise i mean they're they've got done a little partnership but this one didn't come mm -hmm. up theatrically did it I saw uh, very 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 limited yeah so bill got to see it, it and it played vancouver i don't know for a weekend i guess right yeah, a yeah. week maybe. Yeah, something like that. Uh, City. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I enjoyed it on my TV with my sound system and everything. But man, I really wish I saw that in theaters because it just—I mean, just the pure scope of it, the Smiths playing like <laughs> consistently <laughs> through the movie. Like, I don't know. There's just. I mean, Fincher, Fincher is, is like an aspect of cinema, right? In my world and why I love movies. So, um, and this one is the Fincher, Fincherist Fincher film ever. 
if I can even coin a phrase that doesn't sound all clunky, but uh, this felt like it had so many of his exact tropes. Agreed. 120%. I thought it was really cool, though, that he was also uh, breaking rules. Like, no, you're not supposed to do voiceover. That's against the law. Let's do all voiceovers. Let's all do voiceovers now. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, all right. You know, they took Harrison Ford out of Blade Runner. Yeah. And because yeah. everybody hates voiceover, but yeah. fuck it, let's go. And I was just like, wow, this is... Do you do you think a major studio would have let David Fincher do a voiceover in 2023? No, 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 really? not a chance. I mean, you know, he doesn't have enough cachet to kind of pull his own weight. I don't. Yeah, know. with with when he forms his own deal at Netflix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Fox, I don't think Fox would let him do it. I don't think uh, Paramount would let him do it. Not in this day and age. I could go with that. It's a gamble. It's a it's a real gamble. And I think, I mean, we're going to see wallets tightening even more and more because everything's a gamble right now. Yeah. So well, before we go any further, uh, Melissa did review the film on Letterboxd. So I'm going to read her review. Feels like an abs- absurdist commentary on perfectionism and best laid plans. Beautifully shot as Fincher films always are, but this didn't do a lot for me. Oops. <laughs> It's not a film that will linger or be memorable for me. It's like too serious snake on a Coral Brothers film. I don't think Fincher got the balance between bleakness, violence, emotionalness versus absurdity, comedy, irony quite right. Coens? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an interesting take. I thought of it more as like a a 70s pulp film. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's more what it reminded me of. I think, I mean, right off the bat, it looks like a Fincher movie, like mm-hmm. right, right from the get go. You get the the score, the Ross the Ross Reznor score. You have uh, Eric's cinematography. I mean, this is like the Fincher. Like he has his crew. He's worked mm-hmm. with all people before. Like they know what they're doing. The 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 this is like Steve said. This is the the most Fincher Fincher movie ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's put together this crew of people that are all working on like the same wavelength. And so the movie feels to me like the most Fincher of Fincher movies. I do love that he uh, is breaking rules, but I mean, it's so classic in this like old school, like seventies movie kind of way, like just the way the camera Mm -hmm. moves. And he does stuff that you kind of forget about that a lot of other directors don't do because it's kind of considered uh, like passe, like the dolly shot when Fassbender gets to, was it Puerto Rico or Panama or wherever his house is? And he like jumps the fence and this, the, the, that overhead shot. I'm like, that's so like, it just, it, it's not like new, but it feels like nobody's using those anymore. Like when he's mm-hmm. uh, hiding in the car, like trying to scope out this, this guy and the camera sort of like pans across the car. And like stuff like that just feels like, so not Fincher, but also like totally the kind of thing that he would do. Cause why not revive some stuff that nobody has done in a while? I don't know. It just, I really enjoyed it. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I have a major crush on Fassbender. So there is that too. That does not hurt. It's, it's, it's cool. We're just, we're just going to let Michael Fassbender do yoga for two and a half straight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was great. And, but- and talk flat, like with no emotion. Mm-hmm. Watch that. No problem. And the thing is like Fassbender, like, the movie is is great not 
like it, but Fassbender almost is like interchangeable. Like like yeah. David Fincher is the star of the killer. Agreed. Like his crafting of it and his orchestrating of this movie, that's the star of the movie. It could be anybody, to be honest. And especially with the narration. The narration is so flat, like you said, could be anybody. Um, I kept thinking a lot about Panic Room watching this movie. There's so many different, like just I don't know, just the where the the flow in the movie just reminded me of Panic Room a bunch. And I, I just found it odd to be relating to that kind of early two thousands Fincher. It's also weird. I also it's also weird. I, I think what is David Fincher and what is Eric Messerschmidt? Like, wh- who does what? Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is, it, is it all Fincher saying we're doing this, or is it Messerschmidt going, okay, well, we're going to light it this way? I'd love to know the dynamic between the two. Like, I want to know how they shoot because some of those scenes are incredibly shot. The fight scene. Oh my god! So the fight amazing scene. and just. The impact, the 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 impact cinematography is so like, like I I'm, I I said in my review on Letterboxd, I want more of that Fincher. I want like, can we get like a head like just like just a heavy action movie from Fincher? Like, I want to see something like that. The editing yeah. is really intense. I love the sound design too. Like you can feel mm-hmm. every punch. They it's it's like the slow it's like the slow action sequence. Because the camera just lingers so far, so uh, so long on each action. I I love it. I thought it was great. It's so interesting to correlate that Mank was his last film too, <laughs> which I didn't really care for. So no, I I there's something I I don't know. I got the early early screener of that one, and I was just like, I and that was just like I think it was because that was released during the pandemic, right? I think so. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I, I was saw- just kind of. Mank. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Mank theatrically and I walked out of the theater and the theater manager said, you have to leave. And I'm like, what? He's like, I'm like, I'm going to see another movie. He's like, no, at three o'clock, the premiere of British Columbia now says we have to close. You have to leave. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Like, this is my, I've already seen two movies today. I saw Sound of Metal right before it and then I saw Mank and I was just the only people I knew in British Columbia who saw Sound of Metal on the big screen. Oh, because I saw it legit two hours before it became illegal to watch movies in British Columbia. But I had a problem. Mank was so beautiful and, and great performances. I just thought it was soulless. Um, I don't know why. I just It rubbed me the wrong way. But uh, Which is weird because I am a Fincher nut. And that's the only thing in his catalog that I can say I didn't like. And that's a pretty good batting average. Mine's Curious Case. Really? Yes, the one that doesn't work for me. Have you visited it in the last five years? No, yeah, not in the last five. I'll say not in the last five. Okay, yeah. It's, I don't know, it it, it grew on me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Zodiac's still the best. Zodiac still number one with a bullet. Uh, you st- it's getting increasingly less and less cool to say that you like Fight Club uh, or Seven for that matter. Like um, Michael too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's just getting increasingly uncool to say that one. Though it may still have a place in my heart. You know, I may or may not I be saying that on this podcast be, right now. I'll continue to be uncool and say Seven is still my favorite feature movie. That I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then no 
No. Hey, hey, bro. My favorite Fincher film is Alien 3 work print. Oh, <laughs> shit. Remember when it was supposed to be a wooden prison? <laughs> there are some really great stories from the making of that movie, though, that I've heard. Yeah. Where? It makes the quadrilogy. To be honest, it's the reason to get the quadrilogy it is, is for the for the behind the scenes. Actually, you know what? The behind the scenes movies on on all all four of those movies is really great. And yes, even Resurrection it has a great behind the scenes. <laughs> Junet tried to do Alien. All right. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> so, uh, so where has Michael Fassbender been the last two years? And that, why does there now two uh, movies opening uh, within two weeks of each other that he's in? Let me and one's you. getting celebrated and one's getting slaughtered. Uh, yeah. Because he's been racing uh, Porsches. Did what? you not know this? Yeah, he is, uh, he's a racer for uh, Porsche for one of the, the the indie leagues. I thought everybody knew this. It's on. YouTube. I had no. Remember, I don't, I don't watch the, the best spot guy who turns left like you do. Um, Listen, there are. <laughs> this is not NASCAR we're talking about. So he turns so so left so he, turn. So he turns left right. Turn. right so he, he turns right occasionally. Like, what, what? This is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that's like Keanu just did that racing series too. So maybe we we have some kind of end to. I don't know. Okay. I but that's where Fastbender has been. Somebody, because I said the same thing. I'm like, where the hell did he go to? They're like, did he get canceled for what? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, somebody's like, no, he's racing Porsches. I'm like, what? There's an entire series well, on him. It's apparently something he's always wanted to do, and now he has the money for it. So he went into training and started racing professionally. So there you wow. go. Well, isn't there? There hasn't been a lot of Elysia Vikander things either recently, right? No, so they're okay. Maybe so, they're just doing their thing. So, so let me get this straight. He's ridiculously good looking. She is ridiculous good looking too. There he's, are two people that are ridiculously good looking together. He's very flexible, as I saw him doing yoga. I saw shame. I saw his penis. He's doing okay. Um, <laughs> he's doing okay. I saw his penis. He's doing okay. <laughs> he's uh, he's a good actor. So so life is very good for my Fassbender. And, yeah. and he races cars. Okay, fuck. I'm done. I know. Can, can he yeah. sing like Hugh Jackman for fuck's sakes? Probably not. <laughs> oh, didn't he sing in something? What did he sing in? Did he sing in something? He might have sang in something. I feel like I remember Michael Fassbender singing in something. <laughs> Hope it's not good. Just, you know, to even the play. Maybe it was a dream I had where Michael Fassbender was singing to me. I think I think I got your dream, Marina. <laughs> Can you go back? We've totally gone off the rails now. Melissa, we miss you. <laughs> So is is does this movie have a awards thoughts in anybody's heads? Um technically. Other than yeah, other than like, you know, photography and stuff like that. I, I, I don't see a script getting a nomination. Like I don't see I don't because because Fastbender Fastbender is Fastbender. Like we adore him as such, but he's not special in this movie. Besides his flexibility, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I just yeah see it getting nominated like maybe editing because the editing is so snappy. But then also when you're like when you hold it up against like K 
Killers of the Flower Moon, you're like, that's how you edit a fucking movie. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I also think as this is Killers year, um, and it's going to take a bunch, whether anyone like it or not, I guess. Um, yeah, but I think uh, I think yeah, I, 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 there's others that are strong. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they probably will get some of the nominations, but I'm not quite sure if it has the legs to finish. Um, that said, I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff coming that I haven't seen yet that's not even coming to mind. Um, but I mean, of what I've seen this year, for me, it's certainly one of the stronger titles I've seen this year. Um, but I mean, I say just fucking give him the Oscar at this point. I I, I just want Richard to get one. <laughs> give him one. Give him one. But I don't know if this is the one. But that said, I mean, I don't think it detracts from the fact that the movie is really good. And it's also not for everyone. Like Dan, like the the voiceover really took Dan out of it. It really is. It 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 will rub people the wrong way to the point where they will not watch it. Like Dan watched 10 minutes and he walked away. He's like, I can't do this. This is not for me. And I don't know if he made the right call or not. Like for me, it worked fine, but it it takes your mind some time to kind of get into that uh, rhythm of filmmaking. And it's not going to work for everyone. I doubt like a lot of the Academy members will even watch the entire thing. And then it's really violent too on top of everything else but it's violent in this really um like i said it's violent in this quiet way because it is really brutal but when you think about it there's only really like one or two really violent scenes the rest of it is more like of a like a an overall just feeling of dread that permeates through the whole thing like that and that opening shot because for the first like 10 minutes where he's just sitting in that flat and it's just this monotonous voiceover and, you know, him doing his thing. And you're like, well, you know, he's the killer. At least you think he is. Uh, but nothing really happens. And for the first time, I'm like, what is this even, what's even going on? And then that the thing happens and you're like, oh, that happened. And it's not like a quiet explosion. Like there is fucking blood everywhere. Like it is brutal, which I kind of love. When I saw it theatrically, uh, I sat there expecting incredible opening credits oh. and I, and I got them Yeah, all mm-hmm. 12 seconds of them Yep, or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, there's always Fincher always has those super elaborate opening credits and this mm-hmm. one's just like, bam, 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 bam. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was like, Which I thought was actually pretty great. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the Smith's touch was nice. <laughs> I'm like, am I going to get, the entire movie, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. But now I'll never be able to listen to the Smiths without thinking of Michael Fassbender doing yoga. <laughs> this is the theme of the show Michael Fassbender doing yoga. The nail gun death is so disturbing, though. Yeah, there's just it, just, it, it hangs in the air a yeah. bit after it is so like. Yeah, it is just so uncomfortable and like weirdly claustrophobic. And yeah. I mean, and even the one with his assistant, it's so quick. yeah, it mm-hmm. because it's so quick. You're like, holy shit, that just happened. Okay, yeah. I, I love the line about uh, his storage lockers. <laughs> and it's, somebody's gonna buy one of these storage lockers and have the biggest surprise of their life. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. 
I'm not joking. I but I'm a Fincher nut. This is like catnip mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I really, really liked it. A, a lot of people are saying it's it's not very deep, and I'm like, uh, it doesn't have to be deep. I can be just oh, no. blown away by the look of it, uh, the acting, and uh, Tilda Swinton ordering ice cream. Like, fuck yeah, let's go. The scene is so damn good. Yeah. That scene is so damn good. And and it's one of those showstoppers. Like, you know, and, and they get nominated all the time. The, the William Hurt in, in History of Violence. Just like quick things, right? Her, her, this, this performance is one of them. Agreed. One of those, like, movie stoppers. Like, holy shit. Yeah. You just changed the game. And, yeah. It's, and it's Tilda. And you kind of expect that from her. But she does it again. <laughs> it actually surprised me that neither she nor uh, Fassbender had been in a Fincher movie before. They feel like they they belong in that universe for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, hopefully, is there such a thing? There should be the Fincherverse. Yeah, I think it should be a thing. Just for me, it's just full of serial killers, really good looking serial killers. I I just <laughs> I just hope he gets nominated because every time. Was that one year where every time they cut to him, he would take a shot? Was, was, <laughs> it, was it the COVID year? Well, when, yeah, when they like and David and he's like, nah, and he take a shot on camera. Oh, it's hilarious! Fincher <laughs> rules. He's such an asshole, but and I, I'm curious. I'm curious if this was an easier shoot. Like uh, he's notorious for being like the hundred sh- shot guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious. I doubt. I doubt it. I think he's probably still the hundred shot guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think that the hard thing to give up. Yeah, I, I think you don't get a movie that looks like this without being this hundred shot guy. Like when that's your when that's your thing, and your movies all have like a very um, like succinct and like uh, carefully calibrated look, like his do. I think that it's expected, and people know <laughs> what they're in for, right? They don't say yes. Like Fassbender doesn't say it's to Fincher and expect to do it in two shots, like. I don't want to be that guy, but uh, Clint Eastwood is known for doing one take. Yeah. And you watch Cry Macho versus The Killer. Yikes. Bit of a difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch 1517 to Paris. And oh. tell me. Might have been my, you know, it's my worst film of that year, actually. And God, it better be. <laughs> the movie is garbage. The movie is absolute garbage. Yeah. Skipped it, I think. So, hey, good for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, another score that I need to buy. So you know, at this point, just give them mm-hmm. another Oscar. That I you, know what's, you know what's really crazy too is um because I had like an early access screener thing for Apple TV is um right before I watched the killer because they didn't send me the killer early the the Netflix people sadly though I'm sure that, uh, not for lack of me trying um. But right before I watched The Killer, I watched episode one of Monarch Legacy of Monsters. And Leopold Ross does the score for that show. And but I didn't know that heading into it when the episode was over, I was like, that was that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross that did. And I looked it up. I'm like, no, it was a Leopold Ross. Who's Leopold Ross? Oh, he's Atticus Ross's brother. That (laughs) makes all the sense in the world. That's fun. That's funny. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, and I really like Monarch. I think it's a cool show and it's a nice companion piece to the newer Godzilla shit we've been getting. So nice. Uh, we've been, and, it's been really good. So mm-hmm. 
looking forward to it. So I, I guess our verdict on uh, on the killer is see it. It's great. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a year's best for sure. And it's Fincher. You just owe it to yourself. If you're a movie fan at all, you owe it to yourself to watch any Fincher movie that's coming out whatever year. I think it back. My favorite Fincher movie is The Game. Oh, it's a good one. It's Criterion. Yes, it is. Yeah, hopefully the the killer is on Criterion next year because I want a 4K <laughs> disc of that, please. I want Zodiac. Yeah, Zodiac. I want I want Panic Room on Blu-ray. Oh. Ooh, yes, yes. I only have my Digipack DVD. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. oh my god, I think they I have never. Well, they never released it, and yeah, it was one of those slim packs. I remember always being like, "Ooh, look at this one. It's so sleek." Listen, I got excited when they announced the Abyss and True Lies on 4K. I'm like, mm. those are big deals, though. They are big deals. So is fucking Fincher. Like at this point, well, those are those are, but True Lies is is a big deal. Yeah how how have they never me. released that on on even Blu-ray? Never mind. I know, and 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 the and the Abyss for sure is, and and the Abyss is such a glaring omission on Blu-ray, like all the different releases and stuff. The fact that it's never gotten a special edition is crazy because it was a benchmark for special effects. Right. And and then all of a sudden they're, they're just like oh on the next level we are they scared are they scared of showing their effects on the next level i don't know are you scared james unlikely he's not jim but i sidetracked this i'm really sorry but yeah the killer see it it's streaming on it steve is on a super (laughs) super one name basis with jim cameron jim jim (laughs) hey he was on entourage i think we're all on a one name uh, a shortened basis with him yeah, he was on entourage. He was a whole plot point, Marina. He made Aquaman with Vincent Chase. This and the rest of the crew was there plot. with him. You had Johnny Drama and Turtle and his manager E. And, J- and of James- course Ari Gold. Let's go through the history of Entourage. <laughs> James Cameron just quaking at the knees when he sees what? Billy, Billy Walsh, the greatest filmmaker of all time, <laughs> maker of Medellin. Bill, Bill, do you remember who wrote the Aquaman movie? I don't. Andrew Kevin Walker. Wow. Yes. (laughs) And then when he, then Cameron drops out of the second film because they want to fast track the sequel. And then they're like, who's, who's, uh, who's directing it? I forget who they say who's directing it. And they're like, who's writing it? He's like, Kevin Smith. And he's like, fuck off. (laughs) It's a Kevin Smith burn. Oh, man. Yeah, let's burn the net one of the nicest dudes in Hollywood for no reason. Everybody does it though. So, but that's hilarious. Funny that uh, that still connects to the killer. <laughs> it does. It does. It all comes back. Speaking of Kevin, speaking of Kevin Smith, let's go off on a tangent. Who quit smoking mm-hmm. weed? Did I see a thing on Twitter today that Snoop Dogg said he st- yeah. st- stopped smoking weed? What, we're just moving to edibles now. Like, uh, we can't just stop. Like. He's he's at this point. Snoop is like Snoop is eighty five percent weed. So if he stops, will he die? Will he be like a a fading star and implode? The world is ending. How is it possible both Kevin Smith and Snoop Dogg have smoked stopped smoking weed? This doesn't make no sense. Well, I mean, with Kev, he I I think I read a while back he had like a break with reality. And like almost like a full on like mental breakdown where he was like disassociated. So maybe he's attributing that, but Snoop, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's your brand, dude. Like, 
I only I love know. Cypress Hill. We always have Cypress Hill. We can always <laughs> count on them to keep smoking. Yeah. Yeah. They just need to release something new. Well, they at this point, well, they just keep rehashing the old stuff. It's fine. Or make the pro another Prophets of Rage album. I'm okay. I would take it. That uh, that metal album that they made is kind of clutch. It's it's, kinda, it's good. It's Rock superstar. Fun. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I dig that one. Bring it on, bring it on. Okay. Cypress Hill now part of after the credits. This is what happens when Melissa's not here. Again. Yeah, she's she'd be like, guys, really, Cypress Hill. <laughs> Listen, you guys brought up the weed. Okay, I'm just following. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some more movies. Um, well, why don't we talk about the other movies that we were going to talk that were like in the running to be our movies of the week? Mm -hmm. since we've all seen them. So let's talk about Nyad. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, come on. Anything Annette Benning wins me over like really fucking quick, like really quick. Like 20th century women, how late it came out in that year was like going to be my number one like i was just like oh my god mike mills and and annette benning together like yay and then i i mean uh the kids are all right like there's so many different roles that she's done over her career that i just latch on to and her and jodie foster in this movie are so i don't know like endearingly fun in their in you know in diane's curmudgeon like fucking weird and definitely autistic way and and Jodie Foster's just like go with the flow, like, all right, let's just do this until like they push us way too far, you know what I mean? And it takes a while for her to get to that point too, where she was just like, you know what, I've actually decided, fuck you, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it took a long ass time, and like a lot of what I believe to be like autistic trait driven narcissism, because how focused like. Cause come on, like she's she she's definitely on the spectrum, right? Like she's she is a complete asshole, but she's also like partially not aware of how completely an asshole she is. She's just so driven. I don't know. I'm gonna go now. There's a, there's that conversation she has with that uh, uh, the woman Jodie Foster trying to set her up with at, at that party, <laughs> and it's the most awkward conversation. <laughs> even though Jodie Foster is like, "Do not do this. Do not," and she just does it does like it, it's yeah. just, she's got that thing going on um how uh, this movie started with just jody and annette talking for like 10 straight minutes and i'm like if this is just the movie i'm cool with it i just want to mm -hmm. watch them talk they're awesome mm -hmm. and where's jody foster been because she has been missed oh she's just like a beam of light like you're so happy to see her yeah <laughs> to be honest I love this movie. I love I love the story. I didn't realize. I mean, I'm sure I saw it in the news, but it never clicked who Diane Nyad was. So to see a biopic on what happened was kind of awesome. Um, I thought it was like this, like you say, Bill. They, it starts with them just talking for ten minutes. I'm like, I could totally watch the rest. Is this rest of this going to be like this? I'm totally here for it. And then it turns out to be this like really great story about like perseverance and friendship and really well done and. From a couple of documentary filmmakers, mind you, they've won an Oscar. So, like, let, let's mm -hmm. And, and scared the fuck out of me. And I mean, Free Solo is a terrifying movie to me. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> like, I love these filmmakers already. So, yeah, I was, I'm like, they're making a feature film. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Shout out to their film before Free Solo, which I think was Meru. 
That movie mm. rules. They're they're super talented. Like it's worth just checking out anything they've done. Um, they're very very good filmmakers. But the fact that they've made such a seamless transition into um, into fiction for you know lack of a better word. Um, I mean, it's still a biopic. It's still based on the true event, but it, it, it's very much fictionalized. I think it was great. Really great script. Really fantastic storytelling. Really great choices made. Um, I thought it looked really great. I mean, it's hard to make basically a, a boat floating on the water with a woman swimming beside it interesting and it's visually interesting throughout um like the use of light and just some of the camera angles like just the whole thing I thought really really worked and the fact that it's just so talky I just I love it it, it feels like you two girlfriends just chatting for an hour and a half or however long it is it's great I thought it was fantastic and the chemistry between Benning and Foster are top notch yeah. top notch I, yeah. I still remember that screening of 20th Century Women at Whistler where Bill was like, man, that's a masterpiece. And Marina was just like, eh. <laughs> okay, you and I, so it's still not my favorite. You and I, Bill, are on the same page with that one. Yeah. That 20th Century Women was a fucking masterpiece. And Mike Mills is a fucking, like, even Come On, Come On. Like, I, I went all over that movie. All over so that movie. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to hug it until and, and fall asleep with it. You know, like it, it, that's how Mike Mills movies make me feel. Like I, I just love his filmmaking. But back to Nyad, there are parts in this movie that felt subversive to the point of like almost horror. The box jellyfish sequence is a horror film. Agreed. That sequence is full on horror. The red light, like everything is going on, just the chaos going on. Um, and I love the almost throwaway line that, oh yeah, someone else swallowed a box jellyfish. What happened to them? They died, Diane. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I love it. I love it. There's so much about this movie to love. Um, and yeah, it's, I, it, it's clearly one of the year's best. I wish people were talking about it more because they're, it, it's going to be a discovery film. It just really is. Which is kind of shocking considering this cast. Like mm-hmm. everybody would be all over this. I think that uh, come awards season, I think we're probably going to see some love for both Foster and Benning. And I think at that point, people might start looking but, at it. Like, but that's of- the problem, though. They should category fraud Annette Benning, but then she'd mm-hmm. be against Jodie Foster. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think they're going to shop Annette Benning. I, I think they already are. Once once you see, uh, like, because there was, there has been like a variety breakdown and everything. And She's not in the top five right now, but she's in the runner-up field at least. Yeah. Either way, it's a really, really solid film. Highly recommend it. I love yeah. it. I thought it was fabulous. And then yeah, I would agree with that. Me too. Let's talk about fingernails, which is on the one of those other streaming services, Apple. I'll say it. I haven't seen it. Oh, should we yeah. leave it then? Yeah, I, I didn't get the chance to see it. I really wanted to. I didn't get the chance. I what mean, is- come on. It's got Jesse Buckley and J- Jeremy Allen White and Riz Ahmed. Like, it's like okay, we'll a trifecta of my love. So I, don't I will sp- be watching it. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you have anything else to watch, you might want to watch it first. I, okay. I, I second Bill. <laughs> Which is kind of sad. It kind of makes me feel really terrible saying that, but uh, watch it. There's some good stuff in it. Okay. But just don't rush. Just don't rush. 
Okay, let's talk about some other stuff we've been watching because we've been watching movies. I know Bill's got like this ginormous list. Well, like, I don't know. Do we want to jump to Bill and then jump in? No, with- we, we saved the best for last. <laughs> and I, I, I've been gone for like, I probably have more just because I've been gone for like two months, right? Off the show. So like, like I don't even know when the like when the last time I recorded with you guys is. So I don't know. I don't think where, so. I, I I can just rattle like a a couple off from older oh, months. Like I I did I tell you guys that I caught up with past lives. Like I hadn't seen it yet when you guys were talking about it. I don't think so. So that's like I I gave it a five out of five because like anything else would be unjust and unjust and and I'd probably get struck by lightning by some cinema god out there. Um, but it is so amazing from top to bottom. One of the best final shots in the last decade. Um, and one of the best opening scenes in the last decade. Uh, just pure perfection. Um, I, I, I already, already loved Greta Lee, but I loved her in an entirely different way in this film. Um, can she win? Camp also, was can, that? Can, can she win? Yeah, she could. Like she could. there's some big there's some big people in that category, but yeah, people love past lives. Yeah, people really do. Yeah, and like it's 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 a really tough year, but she's gonna get nominated, and people mm-hmm. are gonna and people are gonna watch it. That movie's gonna sneak up on them, and that's like ripe for an upset. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think it could it could be her. That'd be so good. Yeah, that'd be so good. Um. You guys already gave my VIF picks last week, so I'm not going to get into that. Good uh, list, Killers good of... list, sir. Good list. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, for I mean, and for all the films that I took in at VIF this this year, I mean, I feel like I took in a lot of great films. Um, yeah, those those are the standout, and I still I see Old Oak is I think coming out on Blu-ray soon. Rather than getting something like that. Yeah, it's not even getting a a full-on release, which is sad. So, um, but Lord knows I'll be buying that one. Um, Okay, let's let's move on. I brought, me and my wife went to see Priscilla. She hated it, like thoroughly hated it. Um, I came away with it being like, it's shallow as all hell, but Kaylee Spaney is really great in it. And just for being like this kind of a trapped bird in so many different ways in it. Um, but it's really shallow and being like, she's not trapped anymore, but what is she doing? I don't know what Priscilla wants to do, I guess. I don't know. There's just something stilted about Sofia Coppola that doesn't hit all the time. And I don't think Jacob Elordi was that great. Yeah. I thought, uh, mis- I thought he was miscast. I thought she was really good too. And that's pretty much all I liked about the film. I thought it was yeah. trash. It was the last film I saw at Fifth too, and I just left on like a down note. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm gonna need somebody to. Exp- well, actually, I don't really care. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's was okay. Just well, okay. You were gonna need somebody to explain to you this stupid clueless plot, which I yeah, like what? Why, why was everyone needing this for so long? I don't even. I don't know. Um, we also got Willie's Wonderland before with Nicolas Cage, which kind of the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> like, 
at his core, isn't it? Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard hamming it up is always fun, though. Yeah, agree. Um, and the creature effects being done by um, Jim Henson, uh, the Jim Henson workshop is pretty cool. Um, but like your first kill isn't for like almost forty minutes, but, I mean, and it's like basically off screen. But I mean, it's also rated PG thirteen, and they made a fuck ton of money. So yeah, put on the marketing for that. I mean, the movie is not good, but I'm with you. I think the creature effects are really great. I wish the movie was better. But yeah. the fact they managed to make that much money and it's directed by a woman. I yeah, like- I I like that. I like that. And there was a gnarly shadow kill for a PG-13 movie. I was like, which one? Uh, Bill, are you going to see this movie? Oh, pass. Okay. What happened here? I'm turning over. I'm turning over a new leaf, Marina. We've been talking about this on the podcast. I don't see everything now. I'm very selective. I'm selective, Bill. Selective, Bill. (laughs) Um, the babysitter getting uh, snapped in half. That's okay. 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 I was like, in a PG-13 movie, still you can't cut a person's torso off. True. 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 Good job. Good job. Um, do you guys heard of a movie called Scrapper? Uh, I've, heard of it. I've heard of it. haven't seen it. This is such a sweet little film. Um, it comes from a, 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 a writer. Uh, I think she wrote, she wrote the film as well as directed it. Um, Charlotte Regan. Um, and it's basically about this girl played by Lola Campbell, uh, who's essentially been raising herself since her mother died. And then her dad comes back into the picture and that's Harris Dickinson's character. And he's kind of like, he he looks like a fuck boy, like pretty much exactly a fuck boy, just like a Europe traveling, just kind of rave kid. And the f- two kind of form this relationship. And I don't know, it's really, really well done and kind of came out of nowhere. I just found out one of my st- streaming services and I was like, yeah, I'll check this. So it's got Harris Dickinson, who's like going to be in everything coming up. Like it's just going to be in everything. So might as well get used to him. Um, I really like him. Him and blonde dude from Top Gun. He's in everything in December. Yeah, uh, um, what's his name? Glenn Powell? No, no. Blonde dude in Top Gun. I'm naming him that now. That's, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but he was in Everybody Wants Some, and I love the, that movie. That's a good movie, so, yeah. I fucking love that movie. That's my party. That's one of my party movies to put on. Like, if I ever feel just like in a good, feel good movie, movie mood, I put on Everybody Wants Some. Um, Marvels was fun. <laughs> like I, I can't throw any hate at it. It was fun. I, I, I think Brie Larson has a strong look to her that I like pairing with Captain Marvel. And uh, Iman Alani is adorable and saves that movie quite a bit. And some of Samuel Jackson's lines I thought were really funny. Other than that, um, I mean. It's diminishing returns when it comes to that shit. But, uh, but there's, do you want me to talk about the, no, I just, I just would, this could have been the season, the last two episodes of a Miss Marvel uh, season. That's yeah. Like, like it's, it's a television show at best. Like, yeah, the, it doesn't, it doesn't make the, the Disney plus one shows or anything feel any different. No, like Loki's better than this. Loki was better than that for sure. 
yeah, yeah. Loki has been fucking insane though. Like, I cough, cough. Justin Benson, cough. Aaron Moorhead, cough. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and what's his name? Waldron. Yeah, because because the three of them made that one together, and they're doing stuff in Loki that I'm like, where the what what? Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, no, this this did nothing for me. It was just very straightforward. Didn't hate it. Didn't think it was bad. I just wasn't impressed by it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Kamal's the Kamal's only good part of the of the thing. And I think Brie Larson's miscast. And uh who that stinger. That stinger. Fuck you. Uh but yeah, not a not a good movie. But yeah, go ahead. And I think I think that's about <laughs> I think that's about it. Um I, I also oh I maybe maybe I misjudged Equalizer three because I enjoyed it a lot more than I liked Equalizer two. I might have to see that one. I really do like uh, Dakota. It's it's violent. Is like the the the. I feel like they amped up the gore on on three. It felt a lot more violent than the other two. I skipped two, so I think I might have to. I might just not jump in. Two's two is just so bland, and then you get in the third act, and all of a sudden they're in the middle of a hurricane for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. And it's just stupid. And it's just like Denzel, what the fuck are you doing, man? Well, you were in fences before this. I didn't I, I haven't seen Nikolaiser three, but is is Denzel having fun? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. for sure. Know, the, the, just, the, now I want to see it because I just want to see every scene. Yeah. Every scene. He's he's chewed every piece of the scenery and cool. by the end of the scene. That yeah. that's what I wanted from Equalizer two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just bland as Fuck, and yeah. you, you even had like pre-daddy um, Pedro Pascal in that one, and, and they made him a villain, and just <laughs> all kind of bad shit. The most, the most likable guy in Hollywood, make him a villain, make a villain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but this was pre-daddy, like I said, pre-daddy. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, we I, have to acknowledge it. You know, it's true. It's true. <laughs> See. See, it's, Michael Fassbender is not the only daddy on this episode, <laughs> but he's the only daddy that matters. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow, we went there. Okay, I take it back. Uh, anything else, Steve? Oh no, that's it for me. I have a couple that I want to mention, only because the rest of the stuff that I watched, none of it's particularly memorable enough to say anything about. But um, there's a Millie Vanilli doc on Paramount Plus, and it feels like it's been the year of Millie Vanilli docs because there was another one earlier in the year, which I think is on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this one is uh, from Luke Corrin. And for me, um, the two Millie Vanilli docs, this is by far the superior documentary. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's saying much, but it actually is a pretty good doc. Um, they um, they interview Fab Monavan like a lot like he is in a lot of this so you get a lot of sort of real behind the scenes uh updated interviews i feel like the last documentary that i saw on the band was a lot of uh, archival footage so there wasn't a lot of new content which did sort of like the feet of the purpose we've all seen that um this one i thought was a really great take on what happened the aftermath and it really does a very good job of sort of like bringing this into today and how badly the band was mistreated for something that is so common in the music industry. Um, And okay, so they won a Grammy, which they probably shouldn't have. And the fact 
Like, I had never heard the story of how they even got into the Grammy Awards, which is fucking hilarious. Like, some dude low on the totem pole, like, submitted the, the band because he didn't know any better. And everybody was like, what do you mean you submitted? Like, it's not even them singing. And he's like, what? Like he was he was the one he was the one guy at the company that didn't know. He is legit the one that <laughs> was so low down the totem pole that he was literally the one guy that didn't know. But I mean it it really puts things into perspective. And I thought it was actually like a really solid doc. I highly recommend it. I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, like it's not gonna be for everybody, but I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really enjoyable. Streaming on Paramount Plus, which I now subscribe to because why the fuck not? Give me all the Yellowstone in the universe. But uh it, for in all reality, it's it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. I thought it was fascinating, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, I, you also kind of glossed over the fact that they got taken advantage of, and then they started to kind of enjoy it. This is it. I and mean, they kind of became assholes, too. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. There's some There's <laughs> there's some more to the story than I thought. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. And uh, the final shot of him singing yeah. said something to me. I was like, okay, I get it now. Like, he he really he just really wanted to sing, and I was like, "This is actually a really good documentary." Like I thought, yeah, it was way, I, I was, way I, better than I thought it was going to be. It's it's a it's a recommend for sure. Yeah, it's a good one. Highly recommended. Um, Quiz Lady on, mm-hmm. I think it is Disney uh, Plus. Yeah, yeah, with Aquafina and Sandra O. Oh. I don't think I've ever seen a Sandra O oh have this much fun in my entire life, and I was there for all of it. Like right. She is so fucking awesome in this movie, which is, it's an okay movie. Like, it's a story about, you know, this, Aquafina plays this uh, sort of meek accountant who is obsessed with this uh, quiz show for reasons, because there's always reasons, Um, deep-seated family reasons. But, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that it's this, like, sisterly Bond movie uh, where they go to this quiz show and just Sandra Oh is on... (laughs) another level the lashes they, she's just crazy it's amazing i love it they opposite casted them uh yeah totally they yeah. opposite casted them and it really works they it have does. really great chemistry Agreed. Um, will ferrell is like mr rogers meets alex trebek um and it kind of oh, works I it kind of works i like the aesthetic of the bow the bow tie hallway i thought it was fun um yeah, it's a cute movie. I mean, and nothing more than that, really. Oh, like it's just laughed. kind of fluff. Yeah, yeah, I really laughed. I'm like, I want send I want Sandra Owen more fluffy movies. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's because it's kind of endearing. I, and I love her. Yeah. Great. And then uh last but not least, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. 20 some odd years after the original, they make another one. And <laughs> And it's a lot of fun. It's Good. a lot of fun. I mean, Good. I think they've gotten a bit of flack for like voice casting, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's been funny fucking years. Just give it up already. But the movie is fun. It's it's really well done. It looks really good. And the jokes are as British as they get. And it's That's good. super charming. It's very, very charming and it looks really great. And it has a nice message. So um I recommend it. When is that out? December 12th, I think. Okay, cool. Something like that. It is streaming on Netflix, of course, because that's where everything ends up. Yeah, and that's a soft spot for Ardman. So. 
Yeah, I mean, they're working on some really cool stuff too. There's some good stuff coming up down the pike. And actually, good. there's a lot of great stop motion coming in the next year or so. Shadow Machine is working on a television series for, I think it's FX. I can't remember who it's for, which is like part live action and part stop motion, which sounds insane. Uh, I'll see if I can find the. There's a new story kicking around about it. it. It sounds really cool, but I'm just all for all the stop motion all the time. Give it all to me. But I said, you know, what animation's not coming out. Do you know animation's not coming out? What? Wild E. Coyote versus oh, Acme. I, no, it's gonna come out. <laughs> it's gonna come out. The backlog. Yeah, yeah I hope so. I'm hearing it's amazing. Yeah. Or, or uh, the people like people that are in the industry are, are like it's really great and it's sad that people aren't going to see it and that's enough for me to want to see it. So. They they've been told they're allowed to shop it. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy for a uh, Warner Brothers IP to be shopped elsewhere. Well, this just goes to I, I I read something else that Congress is looking into this and I'm like you know what you should have looked into this when Batgirl was shelved like last yeah. year. Yeah. Why is not? They... not the first time that the studio has done this? And I'm sure no. they're not the only studio doing it. They just happen to be the ones that are stupid enough to do it to projects that people want to fucking see, which mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Like you have a market, you have the movie. If you don't want to spend marketing dollars out there, just put it out there. People will still see it. You'll still this... make money. It's Man. stupid. This Zaslov guy seems like the fucking worst. I'm like clearly the fucking word should not be in charge of what he's in charge of. I agree. I agree. But yeah, hopefully we'll get to see that. Cause I think, I think that there is now enough support and the studio has said they were allowed to shop it around. If it's as good as people say it is, it'll get, it'll get seen. Good. Good. My feeling. I would not be surprised if it ended up on at Paramount, to be honest at this point. Yeah. That's, it sounds like it would. Yeah. It'd be a good coup for them to grab that one. I agree. I agree. Right. Sorry, Bill. We sidetracked. Oh, all good. Uh, my turn, my turn, my turn. All right. Yep. Uh, did anybody see Landscape with Invisible Hand? No, I did not. Oh, I did. It's it. a bit of a bit of a disappointing film. But oh, no, it's a total. It's like it's awful. Oh, it has, I thought it had some good scenes in it. I just didn't think it was cohesive enough to be a, a full film. The, some, the, of the stuff, some of the stuff was cool though. You had to admit. Come on. I mean, I think I, I like the I like how weird it, it is. Like I like the weirdness of it. And I like the character designs, like the little alien things I thought were really cool looking. Cause just they're so strange. But uh, yeah, no, it didn't work for me. Yeah, it I thought it I thought it started good. Then that third act is like a mess. But holy crap. Uh Corey Finley is still a A plus director in my books, so I'm sure he'll come back, but uh that was a weird miss. It was a very strange mess. Yeah. No, but at least at least it's but that's the thing. At least it's a strange mess. Like it's not like a forgettable film. Like people will say, you know, I mean, it's a really awful, awful, awful title. But I mean, people remember it because it's it is memorable in its own way. I mean, it, it didn't work for me, but it's not like a forgettable movie that I'm gonna forget about in two or three years. It's always gonna be the movie with those weird little aliens. Like the fact that he's managed to make something that's hard to forget, I think in and of itself is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh did anybody see Theater Camp? Yep, loved it. Loved it. <laughs> I want to say I did see this. Loved uh, it. Oh man, I, I vibe weird with this film. I don't know what it is, me. I'm just not that kid, but uh 
I just I thought this movie was torturous. Oh. <laughs> it's just stop stop singing. I just I Oh, I did watch this. I thought it was great. What uh, Bill, you heartless, heartless man. No, it just it did not work for me at all. Uh, I thought it was cute. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm that guy. I'm the only person in the world who did not like this film, and <laughs> I'm fine with it. Like I just, you know, it happens oh. occasionally. I, you, know, I, I the, 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 you guys are all wrong, but it's not my fault. And I just <laughs> I, have to, I have to keep on going because I am that perfect. But it's just yeah. Yeah. sometimes uh, Rebecca Diane singing for no reason and her stupid friend slash whatever he is just also will not shut the fuck up and all these kids you're just i get it but i just i'm not a theater kid not my film i wasn't a theater kid either the thing that shocked shocked me the most was the fact that i didn't want to kill ben platt i still want it's to kill the ben. best it's the best thing that i've ever seen him in to be honest I, i'm pretty sure i've only seen him in this and the evan hansen movie oh god don't bring yeah, that up right? I, oh, so, so the fact that I didn't want to kill him, I was like, "Hey, win!" But no, yeah, I, right. I thought it was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm not a, a theater person. Well, well, he wasn't a 37 year old man in fucking high school, so probably. Oh, there is that. <laughs> uh, legit, one of the most underrated films of the year. Uh, no one will save you. Yes. Uh, yes. Awesome. Which quite possibly might be this year's like holy shit Halloween film. That nobody it's saw. It's the barbarian. Listen, it's, it's, it's the barbarian of this year. I wouldn't even say it's the holy shit Halloween movie. I say I think it's the holy shit movie. Period. Like mm. this why movie is so good? Why did they not stick this in the theater to make twenty or thirty million or forty or fifty? Who knows? It's because they don't understand. They did with Prey as well. They don't fucking understand. This is it. They, they don't understand. Don't get genre film. They never have, and they never will. But this is the second time it's happened to Brian Duffield. Spontaneous mm-hmm. also Spontaneous, did another brilliant film that yeah. should have made millions and he should be a household name for everybody who watches movies. This movie rules. Yeah. Uh, it's got like one line of dialogue throughout the entire film. Caitlin Deaver just is an action star. Uh, mm-hmm. The aliens are badass. They're doing like Michael Fassbender yoga moves with their hands. And <laughs> every every time you go around the corner, there's a bigger boss, and it's just yeah. unrelenting. And yeah. the ending pisses people off, but I fucking oh, love does it. it ever. And, oh, I'm, and I'm just like, mad. I love this film, and it's so uh, good. I as you know, I'm a big physical media guy, so I also need a 4K of this disc with the killer. Uh, please, thank you, whoever is was this Fox. Yeah. Co-signed. Yeah. Co-signed. Incredible film. Yeah. Did he do did he direct Love and Monsters as well, or did he just write it? I don't know that answer. Okay. That's a pretty fun movie, too, actually. Yeah. 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 It's cute. Yeah, pretty fun. Uh the creator was good. Just yeah. not as great as everybody said it was. It wasn't the Blade Runner I wanted it to be. No, and um, I think I think I enjoyed all, the fuck out of it though. Yeah, I think we all enjoyed John David Washington. We, I think we're all happy he's got some lead performances. I just thought the third act was a bit of a mess, but that's I had a fun ride getting there. Yeah, and it looks like like pristine. Like and it didn't cost yeah. a lot. No, like it, right? No, it's, it's a it's a selling point. It didn't do well enough in the box office to be a real selling point, but. Um, 
it's a selling point. You can make your films look gorgeous for cheap. Yeah. Uh, it lives inside was a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, it's over. Cool. Oh, you got a spooky jar. Oh, the spooky jar broke. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not wrong. Like that is, that's the entire film. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. It was shot locally. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Vancouver. Yeah. Fun fun times. Uh, (laughs) Totally killer was kind of fun. It was awesome. Uh, What do you mean kind of fun? I love Uh, it. It was very familiar. It was also like full of Sabrina cast members, which I thought was fucking hilarious. But if you take Kieran Shipka from that film, that film is less. Yes. She carries Shirley that. Billy Bowen's not even fun. I loved I'm watching I'm watching through Modern Family right now with my wife. So it's like I'm in a love I'm gonna love any of those cast member type of mind frame right now. So I'm like Julie Bowen's in it. Sure. She's fine. Okay, it's it's it's, it's 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 a fine movie, but it was also the closing film of Fantastic Fest, so I think I maybe had uh-huh. a little more thought about what it was going to be. But it's a, a a streaming horror film, and I probably should have thought less of it coming in. But I thought it was fine. I agree. And, and once again, once again, Kira Shipka is awesome. Yeah, it's like it's like thinking less because it's streaming, and then you get a movie like The Babysitter, and you're like, where did this come from? Uh, <laughs> this 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 uh small little indie film called Killers of the Flower Moon was a big surprise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah, heard yeah, of the director yeah. before. Uh, fresh fresh yeah. face. Hurdy yeah. hates Marvel films. Um, yeah. um, one of the best films of the year, obviously, but weirdly, it took me two times seeing it to figure that out. Okay. First time I watched it, I thought the beginning was a little slow, and then it became the best movie of the year. Uh, I just couldn't, I just, I was like, this is kind of slow at the beginning. I just wanted more, wanted to get a little faster. And then it became the best film of the year. I also have a really weird thought process on DiCaprio's performance. Either make him stupid or don't. Like they can't seem to pick which one he is. At, at times he's the, the the king of the idiots. And then he's like super smart. I just, it, it's just thought he rubbed, was spineless. And it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Spineless. Yeah, yeah. He obviously, but it's just, it's just it, his performance was good. I just didn't think he was as great. But I think you know, Lily Gladstone's it's just an incredible force of nature on the screen. When she walks mm-hmm. on the screen, she looks like she's royalty. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, can I can I get much love for the great Robert De Niro, who he's, is incredible in this film? He's back, like he was yeah. back in a big bad way in this movie and and like i i think the trifecta of dicaprio because dicaprio is hitting brando levels there's a scene where he's where he's being questioned and he's they're standing him in the middle of the room and it's so like it's like i was just like he went full brando like he's <laughs> like i keep i kept saying before like since the departed i'm like oh he's on this jack nicholson trajectory and then he does this film and i'm like holy fuck like he's just able to just turn it on a dime and yeah the trifecta like if if, if all three of them aren't in awards contention then the system's broken but especially if Liz- lily gladstone is not then it's like i don't know call it as it is it's just like i guess it's racism there's not they would rather nominate white people in that role 
I'm in that award category. I, I, I'm weird. Cause I, there's I, no other way reason. I still kind of oddly want Downey to get his Oscar. And if De Niro gets nominated, I think De Niro wins. It'll be, it'll be, yeah, it'll be supporting it. Yeah. I don't know though. I don't know. Cause I don't know. I think when the voters come to it, um, just that they're both villain roles. Yeah. Um, but there's just something, there's something more under the skin of Downey's. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Downey might, might have an edge. Downey surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I yeah. knew, yeah. Niro, I, knew I, knew, I knew he had it in him. Yeah. He exactly. just had to bring it back and stop doing all the war with grandpa movies and shit like that and <laughs> actually fucking act. And <laughs> we, so, buy a new house. He's got yeah. a young kid. <laughs> You well, know. now he has to pay for a lawsuit that he lost. So, oh, there, wait, what? He lost a lawsuit last week. There you the, go. The assistant, the assistant won the the defamation suit or whatever. There you go. So you yeah. haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon, Rena? So we're, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin it. So I've seen, I've seen enough trailers at this point, and I saw the stupid commercial for I don't even know what it's for with DiCaprio and De Niro and. Uh, Scorsese, it's like my director. No, my director. I just think it's fucking hilarious. I keep oh, oh, okay. I'm gonna be really vague here. Steve will probably get what I'm saying, but that per that that person who shows up at the end to read that thing made me cry. Holy shit! And that's that's got to be the first time that he's been in a, a, a Scorsese movie since taxi driver. Right. Probably. Yeah. Right. Since, I wouldn't since doubt it then. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's been, I'm going to be like going through the lit cast list for taxi driver. I'm like, Hold yeah, on. you will be, you will be. It, I think it'll be, it'll be obvious. He's built, right. He built them. Was he in the credits? I think he's built. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll get through yeah. it. The there's, end. there's, there's actually three cameos in the final scene. That's true. Yeah, and uh, there's, there's a couple other good cameos in the film that I was just like, mm-hmm. yes, I had no idea. And a, a general th- shout out to the internet to stop fucking stepping on Brendan Fraser's performance in this movie. He's actually very good for hit what his role is supposed to be in the movie. So fuck you for saying yeah. that he's overacting in it. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, the holdovers is quite possibly one of my favorite films of the year. Oh, I just freaking I love, I freaking love Hal Ashby, like heart on the sleeve, Hal Ashby guy here. And, uh, this is Alexander Payne's homage to the great Hal Ashby. And that's what I wanted it to be. Fucking Paul Giamatti just killing it like in ways he hasn't done since probably sideways. And the direction is cool. Holy shit. Everything about the film, the opening credits, the way it looks, it looks like it's shot on film, like from the seventies. It's everything is perfect. It's I don't nobody's seen it for some reason. I don't know why. It's opened here. I don't know why people haven't seen it, but uh, everybody's going to come around to this film and think it's it's going to be a huge Oscar Can't film. Wait. Yeah, it's Can't incredible. Wait. I loved it. I loved every frame of it. Uh, Dark Harvest was a pretty cool horror film. Uh, Slade. Uh, yeah uh about this this town that to stop the some sort of weird thing happening to their crops they hunt some weird demon every year and kill it to make sure the the crops come 
that sounds fucking awesome and then it's but it's got this this really cool little backstory to it that i'm not going to ruin obviously and it's surprisingly good i was like i've seen this film before until i hadn't and i was like this is pretty this is pretty cool i liked it uh another one that was like uh under the radar halloween films that nobody's kind of talking about that uh they probably should be is this streaming somewhere i think i watched no i don't think so i don't think so i watched it on itunes uh flora and son is another john carney film i don't vibe with his films for some reason i'm 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 that weird guy once once is awesome but it's not him it's the band uh i don't know i like eve houston i think she's really good in the film i just uh, I I just don't vibe with his films. I thought it was it's okay. That theater camp problem. It's that theater camp problem. I guess, yeah. I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't think it was particularly great, but I thought it was fine. I really, I I enjoyed it. And that scene where she's on the rooftop and taking the lesson and then they're singing the song together and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt walks up the stairway behind her and my heart exploded. Anyways. <laughs> Just, just like you know, a little thing. My heart just exploded. Yeah, but that's just that's, a little thing. That's the best part of the film. Thanks, John Carney, and, it, and it's like legitimately twenty percent of the film. JGL should have been in the entire film. JGL should be in a lot of films. Yes, Great. I, that's I agree. a personal thought. That's a, uh, that's just that's uh, that's just out to Ryan Johnson though. I want like another noir like brick. Yeah, I'm there for it. I need another detective noir. <laughs> uh i watched uh the is it netflix doc on sylvester stallone's called sly sly yeah it's actually pretty good he's really open right really open yeah talks a lot of stuff dad issues for sure yeah, just I, I, I him i had no idea about some of the stuff he went through plus i also didn't know that he pretty much destroyed his body making extendables one mm-hmm. and he's like i hurt mm-hmm. myself so bad i've never come back from it mm. yeah and he's made four of them now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, seriously? Like, he's like, just that guy. He just wants to make the, the perfect film. Everything's got to be like meticulous. And he's, and he's got to do his own shit. And he's getting killed for it. I didn't realize that he kept Rambo alive. Yeah. I totally, because I, I, I remember that film. And it's not a good film at all. I remember that film. I'm like, oh, Rambo's dead. I didn't realize that he used CG to keep the chair rocking to keep the <laughs> Rambo alive because he, he just hasn't a thing like I can't you I can't kill these characters. Yep. He also so, has a reality show. Yeah, I I I would say that's probably more his daughter and wife's thing. No idea. I just yeah, see it. Yeah, I haven't watched it. it. But yeah, he's raw in this one for sure. Yeah. And and I, I mean, but also it, it's a good showcase because I, I think people forget people like to put the stereotype on him and then they forget that he was like he made himself, he made himself a star. Yep. He did all that shit that heavy lifting himself so and, like, and you gotta give him props for that shit. Everybody, everybody's always like you know oh rocky you know rocky this rocky that go and watch first blood again mm-hmm. yeah that movie rules yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah very good uh i watched this really iffy it was a netflix film pain hustlers oh, oh. So bad. all of the yeah. all these oxycontin cotton movies coming oh, out is yeah. just 
I just, I don't know how a cast this good can be in a movie this bad. So like, much talent. So much, so much talent. It's, 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 it's off. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's just terrible. And it's, it's too bad too, because I it played Tiff and I heard a lot of bad stuff coming out of Tiff. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking at him like, he's the, the, Wow, that cast. Okay. Um, this okay. be bad. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that one. It can't be that bad. No, it actually is. It's pretty terrible. Uh, avoid that one. Well, the, I mean, the thing, the other thing is, like, the the performances aren't bad. The movie is just not good, and it yeah. doesn't help that it comes on the heels of, like, there's been what two series already. One of them is an Emmy winner. Netflix has the other one. I think there's been at least two or three docs. Like mm-hmm. it, it feels like it's come like three years too late, which does not help matters any. And it, then it's just like really badly put together. And all the scenes mm-hmm. feel like I've seen this, seen this, <laughs> seen this. Like the whole thing is just like a rehash, which does not help it any. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Disappointed. Directed by David Yates, too. Yeah, just well, like, wow. You just got uh, bucked right off that Fantastic Beast into a real dud. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of my my last one, speaking of duds, uh, wow, the first 25 minutes of Exorcist Believer was okay. <laughs> but holy crap, after that, that movie is absolutely awful. I'd say that actually maybe the first... 40 minutes are okay. And really? Like, yeah. I thought everything up until, uh, like, I was actually fully on board until the church scene, like, where the when the girls are back and she, one of them walks into the church spewing something or other. And at that point, like, the whole thing totally fucking fell apart for me. But at that point, I was like, wow, this is actually not terrible. Go figure. And then it just became really awful. <laughs> how, much mm-hmm. would, how much did they pay for that? like 300 million dollars or something like that for all three of those films or something like that holy fuck yeah david gordon green just you know made that one good halloween film and all of a sudden had and then just just, can we just say that he is not a good filmmaker like he's not a good filmmaker at this point like it was luck like there's no way that it's talent because he hasn't been able to make anything worthwhile no but his first three or four films are genius Come okay, on! So I think he doesn't make good horror movies. Yeah, he's made he's made a couple of good stoner films too. Yeah, well, at this point, I don't remember any good ones. Just really, really shitty ones. <laughs> Shout out to Ellen Burson for getting paid. Yeah, paid. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, what was no. her conditions for that again? It was like <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. You know, and thank God William Freakin died before he was able to watch that movie. Oh my God. Yeah, he would have lost his mind. Maybe the foreknowledge was what killed him. I don't know, but holy, that movie. I haven't seen it. So I, 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 it's one of the ones, like, because they didn't do any pre screenings for it. Cause I, I think I bitched about it. I think I bitched about it to you at the, uh, probably to both of you <laughs> that they weren't doing a pre-screening of it. And I was like, I'm down here. Like I want to fucking see this. <laughs> Don't worry. Apparently see, not. You, you got to see killers of the flower moon two weeks early. You, yeah. You, you win that one. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Really, truly blessed for that. Yeah. So Hashtag blessed. Coming in the next couple of weeks. I didn't even write anything down. 
That's how much I cared. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, we got thing, Napoleon. Yeah, the, and May December. I think it's the only other one that I'm really interested in. And poor things, depending on how far we go. I, I'm proposing for our next month's movie. I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but just because it will be streaming, and I think it might be a little bit polarizing. But uh, Emerald Fennel's second film is coming out. Saltburn. It's got Barry oh. Keegan. It was a personal favorite of mine. All right. So I think Saltburn should, it, it kind of feels like the next best one. Cause I'm not going to, I probably here in Penticton, not going to be getting dream scenario. And I would love for that to be the pick. Cause I'm also hearing just fucking incredible things about it. Um, you, you have early, but, Net, you have, you have early Netflix access, right? Sometimes. Yeah. So you're thinking maestro. That's what I was thinking, but yeah, yeah, because that's I'm seeing that next week. I wish yeah. we could talk about bike riders. I wish bike riders was still going to be coming out. Pushed. Yeah, I'm so sucks. mad, and and I'm more mad now in just retrospect because now the strike's over, but all of the results of the strike are still lingering, and it's like we still don't get Dune, we don't get bike riders now. Um, there, there's not really anything like big, huge until like May. Like it's just fucking weird times right now, and it's very strange, very very strange. Well, it should be a movie podcast. It should be a movie podcast in this time. It's like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's got to be some prestige opening sometime in December. There always is. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna be getting poor things either. So. It'll come or American soon. fiction. I don't at this point. I don't even know what's coming. I, I look. I'm at a, on a week to week basis at this point. Bill, I didn't do any homework. I'm like you. Well, if you, you live you, you live closer to Whistler than we do, Steve. If you want to pop into the Whistler Film Festival to watch American fiction next weekend, only, or only uh, interesting thing opening at Whistler. Yeah, oh, that's, there, that's... their other film is May December, which I think actually opens in Vancouver two weeks before it opens at the Whistler Film Festival. But hey, I didn't say that aloud, did I? Ha-ha. That's Todd Haynes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another show. Um, I can't believe it's almost the end of the uh, like it's already the middle of November. It's it's just crazy, like mm-hmm. legitimately crazy. Um, anything else before we wrap things up? We actually talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, that was good. I- I'm spent. <laughs> I'm exhausted, but oh, and I just finished my drink, so hey, it's all good. Hey, it's <laughs> uh, the timer. So, yeah, it's the timer. <laughs> uh, Bill, where can folks find you? Uh, I'm on Letterbox and Twitter at SoundGem69. I have another podcast called The Green Screen of Death. Uh, we've recorded podcasts. It's really weird. I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> we've recorded two in like the last two months. We hadn't Dang, recorded. We, we hadn't recorded one in over a year and a half. Like what the hell? Uh, so yeah, check that out. Uh, other than that, I am not on anything else. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> uh, you can find me mostly on Letterboxd because that's what I've been where I've been spending my time lately at the Marina or on the Instagram at the Marina too. Uh, Twitter is basically or whatever that thing is called now. Don't use it. Don't know. 
<laughs> X gotta give just, it to you. That's just for communication in the DMs for this show. Pretty, that's it. That's exactly it. That's all it's used for. That's what it's about boiled down to. And for people sending me warnings about Sony uh, uh, taking away phones at screenings. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Steve, where can folks find you? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, uh, whatever, uh, at uh, The Steve Dead. Uh, my website, stevestepping.ca. I am on The Shift every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time uh, with Shane Hewitt. Uh, that one's across Canada. I'm also on a horror podcast called Tremble the Horror Podcast podcast and uh, that's with kurt and taylor uh the last episodes we did we did some uh modern stuff we did barbarian and oh god why am i spacing on the other one but it was equally as great but uh yeah the episodes out this week for for barbara uh, for barbarian so check that one out and i love that movie so much so it's really great to talk about it but yeah that's it for me and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show. Until then, check out show notes at etcpod.ca. Until the next one. Peace. Yeah, Hack the planet. Hack the planet. Hack the planet. <laughs> <laughs>